G'day everybody and welcome back to episode 7 of the Pressure Point Podcast. Now before I dive right into things, Marcus, I think a congratulations is in order. The Mighty Reds. The winning, Mighty Reds. Winning the, Liverpool, uh, winning, the Liverpool, winning the league title on the weekend. It's been one of the best weekends of my sporting life, that's for sure. Well, it almost was a Liverpool title the way you guys held, the, held most of the season to yourselves. Yeah, well, we, we had it won before all this lockdown stuff happened. It was just a matter of, of when it was going to happen, so... Two games in and, and we finally did it. So it was um, wild celebrations on Friday night, that's for sure. Oh, I can only imagine. And not to talk too much about other sports that aren't footy, as we're focused on here. But <laughs> yeah, yeah was it just incredible? Oh, it was unbelievable. Obviously, it's the uh, the first time one of my teams has, has won a premiership. So to experience that and to experience that feeling was was pretty amazing. It's it's hard to explain the feeling that you do get. And um, it was just, yeah, relief, really. 30 years since I last won it. So it was um, it was good. And to share it with you know some of your closest mates who also go for Liverpool was, was great too, so it's a great night. No, no doubt, no yeah. doubt. You're talking to someone who understands Richmond's won two in the last three years, <laughs> if you've forgotten. So. Yeah, I thought you might know. <laughs> uh, well, moving on back to football talk now. A couple of big things happened over the weekend. One of the most notable, I thought, was Mick Malthouse coming out and saying he doesn't consider Nat Fife a champion of the game. I mean, does two Brownlow medals not do that anymore? Or what, 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 what do you reckon? He needs to give it up. He's washed up. He's absolutely washed up. He's lost the plot, and he lost the plot ever since he coached Carlton. You know, he's just just give it up, Mick. It's ridiculous. I mean, what more does Fife have to do? Yeah, I know. Two round no medals. Eh? How good is that video of the Fife in that fight last night? <laughs> Fife walking around looking for Mick Martins. <laughs> that was good. Honestly, if I was Fife, I would have taken that very personally. But yeah, for sure. Although. Yeah. Five's a pretty easy going bloke. I don't reckon it would have hurt him too much. Five would just be like, look at my two Brownlows, mate. Yeah. yeah. Easy. Enough said. Yeah. Enough said. Um, well, another thing that happened over the weekend as well, a lot of the games, I noticed personally myself anyway, 50 metre penalties giving, giving out left, right and centre. I don't know about you, but I'm not sure the definition of a 50 metre penalty anymore. Well, apparently you can give away 90 metre penalties. <laughs> Eddie, yeah, Eddie Betts there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're trying to give the game away. But, I mean, I don't know what the go is. You see them... We'll get pushed as they're marking the ball, and now that's 50. Don't, don't you have to be a, a mark before the 50 can be paid? Yeah, that's what I thought. I thought it yeah. had to be a mark before you could then infringe, you know, to then pay the, give a 50 away. Yeah. I don't... It's the one where you, you, you're running past into that space, that protected area. I think yeah. that's one, that, that rule is just, it, the punishment for that is way too harsh. It's too severe. Yeah. Even if they're going to do what they did in the old days and only have it at 15 meter penalty yeah. for, for those ones. Just for those. For every, yeah. you know, if you're pushing someone after the plate, different story. But if, yeah. if you're just running past him, come on, mate. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Just, it, yeah, the, the punishment doesn't fit the crime. No, and the interpretation is not clear enough. In, no. my, in my eyes, because some, I see sometimes that where someone's running right next to him and they mm. won't call it, and sometimes he's 10 metres away and they're like, no, he's too close. Yeah. Like Eddie Betts running out of the goal square. Well, apparently that's a new rule. Yeah. You see what Eddie said? Yeah. You know, yeah. New, I haven't heard about it. <laughs> no, well, yeah, it's 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 ridiculous. So, and that could have easily have cost Carlton the game. Oh, big time. You know? Or there, there yeah. would have been an uproar if that... Yeah, for sure. There would have been a lot of controversy. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just too much. But big, it's, oh. yeah, it's just ridiculous, but... Um. Yeah, I think I just think that that one where they're running into the protected space, that one needs to get looked at the most. I feel. Yeah, it's just too harsh. Definitely, yeah. especially for the penalty, it's too much. Yeah. Well, speaking of inconsistencies and things that aren't very clear, the match review system in terms of getting suspended and whatnot. One that I'm unsure of is the Silvani hit on the weekend. Zach Merritt, for those who don't know, clocks Silvani in the ribs with a little, a little bit of a punch after as he took the mark. 
Do you think this has purely been because Silvani broke his ribs? Yeah. Do you think if Silvani didn't get injured, that they wouldn't have even looked at it? Definitely. Yeah. It's yeah. only because he got injured. Yeah. I think now, that, that happens how many times a game? Something oh, like that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Now, yeah. the ruling, if someone gets injured, you get suspended? Or should it just be for the action? Well, you just look at that, that Burgoyne incident a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. You know, the reason why he didn't get suspended was Dangerfield was fine. Yeah. I think this this one is way um, way less of an impact, you know, compared to that one. But just Silvani ended up getting broken ribs from it. Just That's unlucky. The only, if Silvani played on, there'd be no one would even be looking at it. Yeah, you wouldn't have questioned it. Yeah. But now Merritt's got a week, which yeah. I'm not sure I agree with because, like you said, it happens a hundred no. times a game. No. Just unlucky. It's just very unlucky. Yeah. I think the AFL is going to make a stance and say it's either the action. Or they're going to come out and say it just depends if the player gets hurt yeah. or not, and then, then it's luck of the draw. Yeah. Because you can do anything essentially as long as the player doesn't get permanently injured or not permanently injured. You know what I mean? Yeah. As yeah, long as he doesn't exactly get sent right. off the ground from injury, you pretty so, much so get away with anything. If you can whack, if you whack someone and they're fine, they get up straight away. Yeah. That's, that's all right. You're fine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, when they do, when they give away things like that, they're pretty yeah. much saying that. They're, it's just a bit shit for Silvani. He's sort of being getting called like a bit soft, but like. He's got broken ribs and a bruised lung. Like, yeah, well, what's he supposed to do? I know. There's exactly. only so much milk a man can yeah. drink to get his bones a bit stronger. What's he supposed exactly to do? Exactly right. So I don't agree with like the people coming out and um, giving Silvani shit about it because obviously it hurt him. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, as yeah, as you said, if that if you didn't get injured, there'd be no questions asked. We wouldn't. They wouldn't even pick that up on the replays. No, I don't reckon you wouldn't yeah. have thought about it. Yeah. But so, what are you gonna do? Oh well. Well, one last thing. I'll mention is a lot of low scoring over the weekend. Yeah. Does this come down to the quarters again? I know I know we've seen games with low with the quarters and you know it's been quite high scoring. Is it is it purely the quarters or do you think it's just quality of football? I think it's the quality of football. I think mm. it is. Like I don't know. It's just so different. Like I think I genuinely think teams are just more worried about losing than winning the game. Yeah. And it's all about team defense, team zoning, all that sort of stuff. It's I don't know. Like I, I think the close games are sort of taking the shine off what's actually happening. Um, like the, the, the close games make it exciting and everyone's like, oh yeah, how good's footy? It's great. But, geez. But even there, they're fairly low scoring. Yeah, exactly. Well, you, you look at, was it today's, yeah, Melbourne Geelong. Yeah. Was it, they were 14 each at half time. Yeah, it was awful. <laughs> like that was, that was, I think commentators were calling it the worst first half of footy ever. Yes. Or low, definitely the lowest score. But the scores are close at half time. So yeah. people's eyes, oh, that's a good game because it's contested. No, nah. you, people want goals. People want scores. That's what exactly. you go to the footy to see. Yeah. Not that we can go, but. Yeah, go on, <laughs> that's what you watch the footy yeah. to see. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, yeah, I don't know. I think, who, how, do they, how do they change it? It's up to the coaches, really. Yeah, it? I think yeah. it's more game styles because you can't blame the 16 minute quarters because you've seen teams able to score in those yeah. short terms. So. Bloody Brisbane kicked 10 goals, 23. Yeah. You know, that's. I've had a thirty-three scoring shots. Yeah, you know, that, like, that's a plenty of plenty of shots. Exactly on goal. right. So teams are capable of kicking big scores if they want to. It's just yeah, it game just styles. comes down to that. Yeah, the game style. So yeah. Well, anyway, we'll dive into this week's games and we'll discuss that in more further detail. Uh, we've got to start with the Sydney versus Bulldogs, and geez, it was an interesting game. And Tim English, how good is he? I think it's his best game of his career. It would have Some to be. calling it. Yeah. So um, yeah, he's just got really, really good hands. He's yeah, for for his, and for his age as well. I think he's only 22, 23, He's still very young. So, um, I think the Bulldogs have got a very good ruckman there. Um, in saying that though, Sydney did. I think that Naismith went down with his ACL, so they were sort. Of, he sort of, well, he took his opportunity and and really dominated the game. So yeah, you can only uh, deal with what you got in front of you. Exactly. So. Yeah, but yeah, the dogs look like they've uh, 
found a bit of form, which is um, which is good after a slow start. We were worried the first couple of weeks. We were talking Definitely. about it, how they thought the dogs were sort of dropping form, but it's good that they've picked it back up. They're starting to play well again, and all their you know all their good players are really starting to pick up. So yeah, and uh, and for the Swans, the Pap. Oh, how good is he? Jeez, every week you must watch him. You oh, must be spewing just like, didn't get him. What is it? Fourteen more weeks until he's a blue bagger. <laughs> <laughs> nah, oh, jeez, he'd be he'd be very good at, at the Blues, but yeah, he's. Every week, he just seems to um, just be getting better and better. So he's just a bull, isn't he? He's just yeah. such a little meatball. He's, he's just gets yeah, yeah. And he's just so smart around goal as well. He can kick him from anywhere. He yeah. knows where he is on the ground at all times. Which yeah, is really good. So no, that was a really good game. But we'll go to Jetty vs Collingwood now, and another good one actually. Yeah, the Pies tried, tried to get a bit of redemption, mm. but Jetty vs held them off once again by Same just a couple result, of points. Wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, just a couple of points. And geez, the two greens for Jetty vs played well. <laughs> Toby and Tom. Yeah. Well, I think if it wasn't for um, if it wasn't for Matt Rowell, I think Tom Green would probably win the Rising Star this year. I think yeah. he, he was dubbed as one of the best one best young players going in to this season. So he's um, he probably wishes Matt Rowell wasn't playing. Although yeah. he probably have the Rising Star. Well, but, his yeah. form speaks for itself. Yeah. Definitely. You yeah. see the way he, he grabbed the ball like one handed Cooter style. It was oh. unbelievable. Yeah. How big is that man's hands? <laughs> Crazy. And he's what 18, 19 years old. Yeah. So he's he's a beast. He's a, he's a kid. He's yeah. just a kid, but he, he's not playing like it. And it's um, really good to see him coming mm. out of his shell early. So that was really good. And some bad news coming out of that game. Jeremy Howe mm. with his PCL. Oh, it was a shocking injury, season. wasn't it? Oh, it, was, it was bad. Hard to watch. Yeah, it was shocking. It was uh-huh. knee like just bent in. It was terrible. Do you was, rec- go, sorry. Oh, yeah. And he's been in unbelievable form as well so far this season. He's probably on in line to get an All-Australian jumper as well. So Oh, definitely. He mm. he holds Collingwood's back line together. He's yeah. the general back there. And... um. It was really tough to see him go down. Do you think this will hurt his high flying game when he comes back? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. He hasn't really had an injury. Has he had injuries like this before? Not, no, I don't not think that so. I'm aware of. Not no, this not that I can anyway. remember. Yeah. So his game obviously consists of a lot of high flying, yeah. spectacular marks. I wonder if this is going to hinder that. Man, it looked pretty bad. It looked like something that would really harm you down the track, didn't it? Yeah. Like something where you're going to lose a bit of strength through there. It, it wasn't. Yeah. You saw straight away, as soon as it happened, he was screaming. You yeah. You could see it and it just, it wasn't pretty. Yeah. So all the best for Jeremy Howe. Hopefully he can recover quickly and make the most of this season and recover. Well, he does reckon he, he could get back by the end of the season. Apparently yeah. it is possible. Yeah. It just depends how far, I guess, how Colin would go in the, you know, making a run for finals. Yeah. You know. Risk and reward, you get to really weigh it up. A bit like Richmond last year with Alex Rance, whether they were going to bring him back or not, and they mm. decided not to in the end. So we'll just see how Jeremy uh, recovers and have to go from there. So we'll go to uh, Port Adelaide West Coast now, and West Coast are still in struggle town. I don't think they're loving the hubs up there at all. It's really not doing them any wonders. Well, they're, they're trying not to blame the hubs, but that's all bullshit, isn't it? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly, like they just don't look interested at all. Like They just, you know, that's... Well, time will tell when they get back down into WA. If yeah. they start playing well in WA, then you just know it was just they was weren't the interested. Yeah. yeah, which yeah. in my eyes is no excuse. No, you give them what you dealt. You got to play away games anyway. Well, Port Adelaide are doing fine up there, aren't they? Yeah, what's well, no. top of the ladder? <laughs> exactly. So it's, I don't know. They can't use it as, as an excuse. And they are, they are, they're playing pretty poor as well. Yeah, like they've been, they've been losing by a fair bit in all their all their games. So it's um, yeah, I think. Yeah, I, I, I don't want to judge the Eagles, um, not until they get back to WA, and then we'll see how they are. Yeah, before we yeah. can make our call. Yeah. What about Charlie Dixon? Jeez. Jeez, he's a beast, is That isn't was he? One, of the, one of the best key forward games you'll ever see. He was taking 
contested marks, kicking them from anywhere. Kick six, didn't he? Kick six, yeah. Huge. So I think this this could be the year. Like he's been around a while now. This could be the year where he really takes off and um, yeah establishes himself as one of the best forwards in the game, um, possibly an all Australian because yeah, he's. Mate, he's got the he's got the physique for it, and he's got the um the goal kicking ability. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Speaking of physique, I was going to say I'm not sure what's more impressive: his performance on the weekend yeah. or that shirtless photo of him in Cancun's with his rig out. Jeez, that's an impressive. Mate, he's rig. an absolute hate to play on him. He's just a he's he just looks huge. so strong and yeah. So if he can if he can stay consistent this year, I think he'll um I think he'll be an all Australian for sure. Oh, definitely. Port winning. I was going to say Port keep winning. Their midfielders can keep hitting him up the way yeah. they have been. Yeah, he's definitely in the run for it. Yeah. So we'll go on to. Probably one of the, the harder games of the week for me, St Kilda Richmond. Oh, I don't know what to say anymore about the Tigers. I'm, just gonna, just, I'm not going to say anything. You just take the floor. Oh, I mean, just personally from a Richmond standpoint, I'm just tired of seeing no effort being put in anymore. I mean, there's only a handful of players that you can see that actually want to be out there on the pitch. Now, mind you, I sprayed Jack Rewell last week or shot Bambi, as a lot of people were saying, but... <laughs> He gave effort this week, and it was good to see. He heard you. Yeah, he heard it. He heard yeah. the rant. He, thanks for listening, Jack, because he heard it. But no one else really gave my uh, – it wasn't. It was hard to find someone that wanted to be there. Koch. Kochin Co- needs a weight belt because his shoulders were going to be ruined from carrying that team, honestly. Him and Toby Nankervis, who was a welcomed inclusion back in the side, I think. He missed, hasn't got played a game really this year with Ivan Soldo keeping him out, but he came in and really dominated. He's one of the best on ground, so mm. – I'm really glad he came back into the side, but I won't make it all about Richmond. I'll talk about uh, ex-Richmond player Dan Butler, <laughs> who tore us apart, really. He kicked three goals, but he just had a lot of the footy, and geez, he's a good player. It, um, it hurts Richmond, I think, that we got rid of him now. You, you can tell he uh, he played with a lot of intent that game, just to show Richmond, was like, you know, thanks for getting rid of me. Yeah, yeah, yeah big time, a big time. I mean, it, look, at the time, Richmond... Had that many small forwards, you had to cull someone, and he wasn't. Yeah. He wasn't performing at that stage. But I mean, then you look at this week where we've dropped, you know, Daniel Rioli and a couple other um, smaller forwards like that. Mm. It just like he would have slotted in perfectly, especially with his form. So St Kilda would be loving that. Um, yeah, no, and St Kilda just played really well. They think, did look good, didn't they? Yeah, they yeah. looked very good. I think Brett Ratton's made them look like a more mature side. Yeah, they look like they're you know they're ready to hit the competition hard. So hopefully for them, they can keep up this good form and. You know, I know they've been a bit inconsistent over the last couple of seasons while they show glimpses. Um, it'd be good to see them do this consistently. Yeah. Well that well, they had that loss against Collingwood last week where they got, you know, dominated. Mm. So they yeah, they just need to find their consistency the Saints. And if they yeah, if they can play like that every week, they played like that against the dogs the other week, if they can keep that up. Oh, yeah, 100%. They'll, they'll, they'll play finals. Well, if they year. played like they did on against Richmond the other night against Collingwood last week, yeah. that would have given Collingwood a good run. Yeah, for I mean, sure. mind you, Richmond didn't play well, but just the way St Kilda did play, yeah. I don't want to discredit them because they did really well. So They just play Marvel Stadium really well. Yeah, they, well. they know how yeah. to work the ground really good. Yeah, I'll leave this next one to you now, Essendon versus Carlton. Oh, God. How's the, how's the heart feeling? Oh, mate, I've only, I'm only just calmed down from that. Honestly, Carlton, this year, they're going to shorten all our bloody lives watching their games. Lost, lost to Melbourne by a point in round two. Beat Geelong by two points in round, yeah, last round. And we beat Essendon by a point. I'm telling you, Carlton need to send pacemakers to all the oh, members. Mate. I told you last week. It's ridiculous. stand by it. But oh, there's nothing better than beating Essendon, especially by a point. Um, you know, the game was a bit sloppy, but I felt like Carlton were, were all over Essendon for the majority of the night. Um, and it would have been pretty undeserving if Essendon did pinch the win at the end. Um so yeah, it was good. Good to get. Uh, good to get the result in the end, and you know, puts the Blues two and two. Their their best start, and 
a few years now. So it's it's good. They're, they're usually um, known for starting the seasons off pretty poorly. So to be two and two is great. Um, and beating the arch rival is uh, even sweeter. Well, speaking of sweet, how sweet was Sam Doherty with oh, the football? On? Mate, he's. Oh, I don't have enough words to describe Sam Doherty. He's absolute class. He's an incredible leader. Um, he's, and he's he had 32 disposals and went at 90, 91% disposal efficiency. Your favourite word. <laughs> disposal efficiency, that's, that's unbelievable. No, it to is. To have that many touches and be that clean with it. He's just so calm and composed across halfback. Um, he, like, and he's, he hasn't played in two years and he's just come straight back in and he's dominating already. He's... Carlton just looked like a better side of a Doherty yeah, player. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I used to say it all the time. I used to say Sam Doherty's our most important player. And everyone would be like, oh, no, like surely Cripps is. But mate, it just shows Doherty. He sets everything up from the back line, never misses a target. Um, and his leadership through there is, is incredible. And he makes Cade Simpson play a lot better as well. Because oh, like, they can share that leadership across halfback. Um, it's, yeah, he, he's great. Um, and the way he's playing, he's, he's probably going to get another All-Australian jumper too. Well, so. I hope so for him. It would be a great story to see yeah, him come back. After sure. two years, he's in, yeah, well, winning All-Australian. And another one that's in contention as well is Big Levi. Oh. He's, mate, he's in career best form. He's, mate, buckets, his hands. Buckets, mate. He doesn't he drop, drop them up. Yeah, no. he can't drop one. And he's he's kicking everything as well now. That was his biggest issue was his shots at goal. And he's he's got that. And he's, he's, I think he's third in the Coleman at the moment. So he's doing really well. And... Uh, for me, he's the most improved player in the game um, in the last 12 months. He's, you know, I always put my hand up. I was the first person to bash him, you know, a few years ago when he was just playing putrid. But now he's he's improved his game so much and he's one of our most important players now. So oh, 100%. I'm very happy for him. He was extremely inconsistent over the yeah. last couple of years. So it's good to see him, you know, hit that form and do it week in, week out um, yeah. consistently. So it's really good. No, it, was, it was good. It was good to get the, get the result in the end. The boys are... You know, since since I sprayed them in round two, they, they've uh, they've really come out firing, which Just is good. Can, can you spray the tikes for me? I might have to. <laughs> well, like you said, nothing better than beating Essendon, especially by yeah. a point. So yeah. we'll move on to the Gold Coast Frio game. I think our second team at heart now, Gold Coast. Jeez, they're exciting to watch. Very exciting this to watch. This is three on the trot now. Yeah, they're sitting second on the ladder. Can you believe it? Who would have thought? <laughs> it's crazy. Oh, I never would have picked this. I never would have picked this. I mean, Frio are yet to win a game, so... You mean you'd say Gold Coast coming in this should probably you know with their form would always we're always going to beat Fremantle, but like you said the last couple of years Suns have always had good starts and dropped off, but I don't really it doesn't look like they're going to do it. No, it doesn't. You know, it's um it is good to see that although they have had all their games at at Metricon, mm-hmm. but I don't know they will never they they never they could never win there anyway. Yeah, the they, yeah, so, exactly. So um they are looking much better and super exciting. I think there's been a few calls for them to put them on a Friday night as well. So. You never know. Well, with the fixture being placed the way it is at the yeah. moment, there's always room for that. Yeah. It'll be really good. No, no, it'll be good to see. Once again, no one can stop Matty Rao. He's an absolute beast. What were you telling me before we started recording? How He's third on the Brownlow now? third favourite for the Brownlow now. That's ridiculous. First year player. It's unbelievable. Has that ever happened? First year player win the Brownlow? I don't I think it has. I think potentially Brad Hardy in the 80s. I did hear this on the Sunday footy show. Oh, right, yeah. right, right. So it has happened. But very rare for this, for this era. Um, yeah, you just don't see it in this day and age, uh, first year player winning the Brownlow. So, be, I mean, there's a few other good players in contention for it, but geez, it'd be exciting to see if he could do it. What a story. What a story that would be. Especially right. if the Gold Coast, you know, make a run at finals this year as well, which no one would ever have predicted to happen. Yeah. It's, he just plays like a... Um, he, play, he, plays like, he plays like he's played for 10 years. It's incredible. Oh, he's just so yeah. composed. Yeah. Um, anyway, we'll move on now to... 
Brisbane, Adelaide. Crows, a little bit better. A little bit better. Like they made a bit of a game of it in the third quarter, um, but Brisbane did kick away a bit, and they absolutely sprayed a lot of their chances. Brisbane. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Lucky Neil was six behinds and McCluggage with five. What? Oh. That's unheard of. That's awful. And they're midfielders, and they're kicking that many behinds. Well, even if they don't have that many shots on goal, yeah, that, that says enough in itself. Exactly right. So, it's yeah, it's yeah. Brisbane they could have won that by a hundred points. Oh, easily, um, easily. I mean, Lucky Neil, I think, ruined a few multis there with his six behinds. Yeah, he did, he did, <laughs> including, came, including mine. Including yeah. yours. I saw he came out on Twitter and said he owes a few people a beer after that yeah, one. Yeah, six behinds for a midfielder is uh, is incredible. But uh, best on ground performance again from Lucky Neil. He'd be, he, he'd be probably a favourite for the Brownlow, I'd say. Yeah, um, he'd, be, he'd have to be. Yeah. He'd have so to I be. think he'd be Matty Rowell's competition. At this stage, <laughs> at this stage, even with his six but, behinds, he'd be... Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think he would have got the three votes today, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, also, it was good. Yeah, it was good to see the Crows. just put in a bit more effort this week. It looked like they wanted to be there. Yeah, compared to the other last oh, few weeks, insipid the first few weeks. Yeah. Um, no, it was good. Yeah, they definitely made a bit of a game of it. But yeah, Brisbane are way too good in the end. Brisbane are yeah. a quality side. Oh, I yeah. mean, I it's think good it... to see that they've backed up last year as well. Yeah, oh, I think so, a lot of people were worried yeah. they weren't going to do that. So it was, it was just a one hit wonder. Yeah, yeah, but it was good to see. I'm glad yeah. they've you know had a. Had a long run of not much success since those three premierships in the early days, so it's good to see yeah. him come back. So we'll go down to Melbourne for Melbourne versus Geelong. Another nail biter this week. It was a nail biter, but was the game good? No, the game wasn't that great. <laughs> yeah. But in terms of yeah. close scores, yeah, yeah. tight finishes. For sure. I think Geelong Geelong let Melbourne back into that a bit. Yeah. Um, they again that would have been another like if Melbourne pinched that, they probably didn't deserve it. Um, I think Geelong controlled that game for most of it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Worrying signs for, for both teams, really. Yeah. Know, especially Geelong. I think well, everyone expected a fair bit of them this year. I was going to say, I mean, Geelong won the game, but do you still, I think that, do you still think they're underperforming? Pretty unconvincing. I mean, I from know. last year's performance, I mean, not to discredit Carlton last week, but they probably should have beaten Carlton. Yeah. Geelong. Oh yeah. Down in Geelong. Yeah. Down, for sure. down in Geelong. And yeah. then they come in and they only just beat Melbourne, who are another side yeah. that are underperforming. It, does that worrying signs for Geelong or do you think they're just warming up? I don't know. It's hard to tell. Like, I don't know. I, I think everyone, everyone sort of expected Geelong to, you know, be towards the top. Um, but I don't know. They just, yeah, they just haven't been convincing at all. And I think that, yeah, have they had? I don't think they've had one convincing performance so far this year. No. So, um, yeah, I think, yeah, I think there's a, there'll definitely be some cause for concern for sure. Um, but don't don't write them off yet. Well, they've got the talent. Yeah. That's the yeah, thing. Yeah, exactly. Don't they? I mean, you got your yeah, Ablett, Selwood, Dangerfield, Radagalia, um, Mitch Duncan, Kevin yeah. Garth. They've got uh, Tom Hawkins. They've got all the names. They're yeah. just got to find a way to put it together and you know hit the season hit the season running. But Melbourne, on the other hand, you know, they don't look like they're gonna take that massive step like everyone thought they would or bounce back after last year. No, I, 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 I it's looking like another lot twenty nineteen uh, for them. Yeah, definitely for sure. Um, I mean, hopefully they can turn it around, but it just they're not convincing with the way they're playing at the moment. But nor are a lot of teams, though, I should say. It's true. In saying yeah. that, a lot of teams this year don't really look like they're going to cause much trouble for anyone else. So, I mean, it's always a chance to turn it around, but at this stage, yeah, Melbourne don't look like doing too much. Yeah. Hawthorne versus North Melbourne. Now, this is a game I know we were watching together earlier. Um, we <laughs> would, 
We were just about to walk out of the or walk out and start recording about with about uh, ten minutes left in the game, thinking Hawthorne were going to have a comfortable win. Jeez. Our headline for this game was Hawthorne get home comfortably. <laughs> Jeez, North gave a good run. Oh at the end, wow, didn't they? they came home that strong. There was another couple of minutes left in that game. North would have won. North took it. North yeah. takes that game. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. They just they were honestly had all over the Hawks. They, yeah. the Hawks couldn't find a way to stop no, them. They couldn't touch it, Hawthorne, in that last ten minutes. So. Um, it was exciting. Very exciting last quarter, that was. Oh, it yeah. really was. It really yeah. was. I mean, both um, teams had late outs with stars. John Patton for the Hawks and Cunnington yeah. for North Melbourne. Lost them late just before the game started. Yeah. So it was interesting to see. And geez, Warple. How oh, good is a, he? He's a star. And what's he in his second or third year? He's, I think he's third year. Yeah. yeah. He's um he's crazy. He wears the number five as well. Like Sam Mitchell clone he is. He's, oh, he's, you have he's to earn that number. And yeah. He's living up to it. He's filling in the shoes very well. Yeah. So he's... um. Yeah, he's, he's an absolute superstar. But it was good. Even Chad Wingard played really well. Again, he's having a really good season. Kicked another three goals yeah. today, and he, he's being very consistent. Yeah. That's like three in a couple of weeks, I think, now he's kicked. So very good. Very good signs from the Hawks. I think they backed up their performance um, last week against the Tigers, and it's looking like they're going to be pretty consistent the way they're going. Yeah, I think they, yeah, they look like they're going to play finals, I reckon, the way they're going at the moment. Well, it'd be good to see. Well, I mean, I think we've seen enough of Hawthorne in yeah. the finals, but for Hawks supporters, they definitely love to see it. Yeah. Well, that's all our games for the week. We had, a, you know, as we said, a few close games, very interesting calls throughout the week. And we'll move on to our audience engagement question, which is, should Port Adelaide be considered premiership favourites? They're sitting top of the ladder. They're winning their games pretty convincingly. However, the teams they're beating aren't exactly top-tier teams. That's what I was going to say. They haven't beaten anyone of note yet. Although they did beat West Coast. They did beat West Coast. Who, and- who are considered to be in that top echelon of teams, but... Their form says otherwise yeah, as well. Yeah, exactly. Only thing I can say to back that claim up for Port would be that they're playing good footy. Yeah. They're playing really good footy. Yeah. I think they're, yeah, they're going under the radar. Oh, 100%. Yeah, which is probably good for them. They're playing, yeah. they're, they're sitting top of the ladder, but everyone's still saying, no, they're not beating any great sides, yeah. but they're pumping a few good, you know, a few sides. They've got a very strong percentage. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're, I think it's like 216 at the moment yeah. or something like that, way above anyone else, and they're a game clear. Yeah. So, I mean, hitting their season, I mean, I know they had an easier run, but hitting the season like that's a really yeah. good start, so... All right, and before we wrap it up for this week's games, we'll go over all the votes that we've given. I'll start off with the Sydney Bulldogs game. I gave my one vote to the forever consistent Marcus Bontempelli, my two votes to Tom Papley, and my three votes for Tim English. All right, and for GWS and Collingwood, we go one vote to Tom Green, two votes to Brody Grundy, and three votes to Toby Green. All right, for Port Adelaide West Coast, I give my one vote to Josh Kennedy, my two votes to Brad Ebert, and my three go- votes, I should say, my three goats, my three votes for, <laughs> three Charlie, for Charlie Dixon. He is considered the goat at the moment well, at Port the way, Adelaide. the way yeah. he's playing, yeah. Uh, for St Kilda Richmond, we go one vote to the Nank, Toby Dankervis, two votes to Jack Steele, and three votes to the former Tiger, Dan Butler. Killed us, killed us. For Essendon Carlton, my one vote went to Buckets Casbolt, my two votes went to... David Cunningham and three votes to Sam Doherty, the general down back for Carlton. Uh, Gold Coast Frio, one vote to Brandon Ellis, two votes to Matt Tabernard and three votes to Matty Rowell. And Brisbane Adelaide, I've given one vote to Jared Berry, two votes to Hugh McCluggage and my three votes for Lockie Neal, head of the, table, head of the leaderboard at the moment. Melbourne Geelong, we go one vote to Maxi Gorn, two votes to Cam Guthrie and three votes to Sam Manigola. And finally for the week, Hawthorne versus North, versus North Melbourne. One vote to Chad Wingard, two votes to Todd Goldstein and three votes to James Warple. 
So that's all we got for this this uh, this episode. So make sure you tune in for a big round five preview. And if you can, please give us a review, share it around with your friends. We really appreciate all the support. And we can't wait to see you for episode eight.